Welcome to our podcast today on A Course in Miracles. It's another sunny, bright day here in Washington, and we're so happy to have you with us. And today, uh, we're still with Chapter 7, Section 9, The Extension of the Kingdom. Only you can limit your creative power, but God wills to release it. He no more wills you to deprive yourself of your creations than he wills to deprive himself deprive himself of his. Do not withhold your gifts to the sonship, or you withhold yourself from God. Selfishness is of the ego, but selffulness, capital S, is of spirit because that is how God created it. The Holy Spirit is in the part of the mind that lies between the ego and the spirit. Meditating between them, always in favor of the spirit. To the ego, this is partiality, and it responds as if it were being cited against. To spirit, this is truth, because it knows its fullness and cannot conceive of any part from which it is excluded. Yeah, Um, well, I like that where it said the Holy Spirit mediates between the ego and the spirit. And... You have a choice which way you want its attention directed. And and then that will determine how much you extend. Like you're, you're extending the kingdom when you're seeing the wholeness of the kingdom and that you're not excluded from any part of it. So, so God wants you to extend your creations and your awareness of wholeness, oneness with everyone and everything, right? Is that how you understand that? Yeah, that's good. Spirit knows that the awareness of all its brothers is included in its own as it is included in God. The power of the whole sonship and of its creator is therefore spirit's own fullness, rendering its creations equally whole and equal in perfection. The ego cannot prevail against the totality that includes God, and any totality must include God. Everything he created is given all his power because it is part of him and shares his being with him. Creating is the opposite of loss, as a blessing is the opposite of sacrifice. Being must be extended. That is how it retains the knowledge of itself. Spirit yearns to share its being as its creator did. Created by sharing, it will its will is to create. It does not wish to contain God, but wills to extend his being. Yeah, well, I think that's why we are doing these podcasts. Yeah. And I'm doing the talks on Sunday. And we're doing everything that we do to extend the kingdom, you know. Mm-hmm. Because uh, as we learned recently... Uh, the laws or the the um, Holy Spirit's way is to give something away to, so that you have it more. Mm-hmm. When you give it away, you have it more because it reinforces that um, truth within yourself. Yeah, and I think I heard the other day when I was breathing that <clears throat> every time we give something like a free session or a free group rebirthing, 
we get the benefits of being healed by doing that. Absolutely. So this is why... That's you know, the case of all liberation breathing sessions. Yeah, but I'm saying giving them for free. Every yeah. time you give, like, that you give to a homeless person or you give to a charity or something, and you're giving freely with no money back, you are also getting healed in that moment. Yeah, yeah, true. The, the extension of God's being is spirit's only function. Its fullness cannot be contained any more than, again, the fullness of its creator. Fullness is extension. The ego's whole thought system blocks extension and thus blocks your only function. It therefore blocks your joy so that you perceive yourself as unfulfilled. Unless you create, you are unfulfilled. But God does not know unfulfillment and therefore you must create. You may not know your own creations, but this can no more interfere with their reality than your awareness of your spirit can interfere with his being. So it's just saying, you have to be fulfilled. To be fulfilled, you have to be extending. Yeah, and to be extending, you're creating. And you don't even have to know what your creations are in the future. Mm -hmm. You just start where you are. And... and um, Tarji used to always say, "What is it you have to give? Uh-huh. What do you have to give?" Yeah, that's the thing. And the reason he would ask us that is because when you find that thing you have to give, you are then extending, you know, and you give it. You know, you might know what you have to give, but hold it back or withhold it. But when you give it, you are extending and you are creating. So you're fulfilling what that last paragraph said when you discover what you have to give and you give it. Mm-hmm. The kingdom is forever extending because it is in the mind of God. You do not know your joy because you do not know your own self-fullness. Exclude any part of the kingdom from yourself and you are not whole. A split mind cannot perceive its fullness and needs the miracle of its wholeness to dawn upon it and heal it. This reawakens the wholeness in it and restores it to the kingdom because of its acceptance of wholeness. The full appreciation of the mind's self-fullness makes selfishness impossible and extension inevitable. That is why there is a perfect peace in the kingdom. Spirit is fulfilling its function and only complete fulfillment is peace. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's pretty clear, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, we have to first identify with the spirit, not the ego. And then the nature of the spirit is wholeness, oneness. And we have to see that we're not separate from the sun, the moon, and the stars, and every other human being on this planet. Uh, so then ask, when we see that wholeness, what is it we have to give back to creation, to those people, to that uh, creation? And then that's an extension. And we're extension extending in the kingdom, and that's our joy. Mm. We discover our joy when we extend, not when we withhold. Right, so, so you, know, you need to say that in the training too. Your creations are protected for you because the, Holy, because the Holy Spirit, who is your mind, 
know who's in your mind knows of them and can bring them into your awareness whenever you will let him okay, okay. so that that just means you you do have something to give and you do have something uh, to create and the Holy Spirit already knows what that is it just needs your little willingness to go in that direction you know and that's also why Babaji said truth, simplicity, love, and service. Well, what's the service? The service is what this section is talking yeah, about. Right. Extension of the kingdom. If you're not extending the kingdom, then you're not reinforcing the awareness of the kingdom in yourself. By extending it, you, you strengthen it. You strengthen your awareness of the kingdom. So the more you extend it, the more you know you're in the kingdom. Mm. If you don't extend it, you don't even know you're in the kingdom. Mm. They are there as part of your own being because your fulfillment includes them. The it's talking about your creations. Yeah. Yeah. The creations of every son of God are yours since every creation belongs to everyone, being created for the sonship as a whole. Yeah, that's why it says... Uh, uh, all gifts my brothers give belong to me. All gifts I give my brothers are my own. So read that line again because it's the same, saying the same thing with different words. They are there as part of your own being because your fulfillment includes them. The creations of every son of God are yours. Since the creations of every son of God are yours. Mm -hmm. That would be the gifts they give, right? Mm -hmm. What's the next one? The creations it's, of every son of God are yours. Since every creation belongs to everyone. Okay, so that's what that is. They're all gifts my brothers give belong to me, and all gifts my give my brothers are my own. So the givingness of everyone ends up you receive all of that. Even if it's somebody on the street giving something to someone else, you receive that gift. You have not failed to increase the inheritance of the sons of God, and thus have not failed to secure it for yourself. Since it was the will of God to give it to you, you gave it. he gave it forever. Since it was his will that you have it forever, he gave you the means for keeping it, and you have done so. Disobeying God's will is meaningful only to the insane. In truth, it's impossible. Your self-fulfillment is as boundless as God's. Like his, it extends forever and in perfect peace. Its radiance is so intense that it creates imperfect joy, and only the whole can be born of its wholeness. I like that. Its radiance is so intense that it creates imperfect joy. It creates imperfect joy. Mm -hmm. And then what's the last line? Uh, and only the whole can be born of its wholeness. Okay, all right. Be confident that you have never lost your identity and the extensions which maintain it in wholeness and peace. Miracles are an expression of this confidence. They are reflections of both your proper identification with your brothers and of your awareness that your identification is maintained by extension. The miracle is a lesson in total perception. By including any part of totality in the lesson, you have included the whole. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's our daily work to do, you know. It's like, um, what is it you have to give, and are you giving it? Mm. And in that, 
action of giving, which it says is going to be very intense. It's like an intense light. Read that line again where it says something about intensity. I don't know which way. Maybe it was higher up. Miracles are expressions of the confidence. Uh, it's radiance. Okay, here it's it is. Radiance is so intense. Like his, it's talking about your extensions. Uh, in truth, uh, it's talking about extending. And disobeying God's will is meaningful only to the insane. In truth, it is impossible. Your self-fullness self is as boundless as God's. Like His, it extends forever and in perfect peace. Its radiance is so intense that it creates in perfect joy, mm -hmm. and only the whole can be born of its wholeness. Its radiance is so intense that it creates in perfect joy. That's your, your self-fullness. Mm -hmm. Your self-fullness, and your self-fullness is realized when you are extending. And then it says its radiance is so intense that it creates in perfect joy. I mean, have we experienced that radiance, that perfect joy? Wow, that's what our goal should be. Yeah, so, and you know, it's, um, every word in the Course in Miracles is true. And it's our responsibility to bring those words into application in our life. So if it says, you know, your radiance is so intense that its wholeness extends in perfect joy, well, it's our responsibility to make contact with that, right. you know, and, uh, and feel that perfect joy, that, that intense joy. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. It's about the confusion of pain and joy. Yeah, okay. And I was reading this bookmark. It says, It is the supreme art of the teacher to awaken joy. Oh, well, in that's beautiful. Creative expression. Who said that? Uh, Albert Einstein. Oh, okay. it is. It is the supreme art of the teacher to awaken joy in creative expression and knowledge. Okay. Well, that's the purpose of these podcasts. Yeah, awaken so, joy. Awaken joy in us, and as we're awakening the joy in us, we're awakening the joy in you who are who are listening to these podcasts, and we hope there are a few people out there listening. And uh, yeah, so and we hope that that radiance is so intense that it extends itself only in perfect joy. So I think that's enough for today. Yeah. I wanna, so let's. Uh, what's what's our lesson? Well, I want to do perfect happiness because we're doing working up to that. Oh, okay. So the lesson you want to read. One oh one. God's will for me is perfect happiness. It's a. Uh, 
it, it's a mainstay of the workbook. You know, if you can't get this lesson, you might as well forget it. Yeah, and because need... the, it's the whole basis for uh, what we just read, and also the the result of seeing a forgiven world would be you would have the perfect happiness. Yeah, so let's see what it has to say. Today we will continue with the theme of happiness. This is a key idea in understanding what salvation means. You still believe it asks for suffering as a penance for your sins. This is not so, yet you must think it so while you believe that sin is real and that God's Son can sin. If sin is real, then punishment is just and cannot be escaped. All right, so, well, we have to distinguish between uh, sin and mistake. Mm -hmm. So, so as we were mostly brought up in, you know, these churches that talked a lot about sin, but there was sin attached to guilt. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you made such terrible errors in your being that you're a sinner and that you are so lost that you know Christ had to come and die on the cross for you yeah and then that just made you feel worse you know yeah. an innocent person dying for you who are so lost and guilty it doesn't relieve the guilt right no so even knowing that somebody died to wash away your guilt you know it doesn't quite do it it just makes you feel more guilty and guilt is a manipulation that organized religion does to keep people conformed yeah so so now here's the course of miracles that comes along and it says there is no sin the the fact that you make a mistake yes everybody's made a mistake everybody's uh put themselves in fear, guilt, or anger. But those are only mistakes that can easily be corrected. And you, your being, your, yourself, as God created it, is not affected by the mistakes. Mm. So, and then furthermore, Jesus didn't die for your sins. He came to prove that nothing can prevail against your holy self and that there is no sin and that forgiveness is always justified no matter what anybody you think is doing to you and that when you learn that lesson of forgiveness and you're not a victim and you're not attacking and you're not counterattacking, then you know you you enter into this space of peace where nothing can affect it mm-hmm and that would be perfect happiness that this lesson is talking about. If sin is real, then happiness must be illusion, for they cannot both be true. The sinful warrant only death and pain. And it is this they ask for. Well, that's really a heavy line. For they know it waits for them, and it will seek them out and find them somewhere, sometime in some form that evens the account that they owe in God. They would escape him in their fear. And yet he will pursue and they cannot escape. Yeah, so we see death as a final payment 
for all this guilt and sin that we're walking around with. You know, it's like um, guilt demands punishment, and then the ultimate punishment would be death. Uh, But of course, we're going to make ourselves sick and suffer before we die. So the sin demands the punishment because we're guilty, and then we get sick. And we, we we age and then we get sick and then we die. So mm. and that's the ultimate penance for being a sinner. If sin is real, salvation must be pain. Pain is the cost of sin and suffering can never be escaped. If sin is real, salvation oh, pain in the cost of sin and can never be escaped if sin is real. Salvation must be feared, for it will kill, but slowly taking everything away before it grants the welcome boon of death to victims who are little more than bones before salvation is appeased. Yeah, well, if you're guilty and your sentence is death, then and, and part of your mind sees, oh, well, that'll pay my penance off for my sin, that would be salvation, you know, the escape from from sin. But the ego thinks the only escape from sin is you're, you have to die to pay, pay your penance. So if you see that as salvation, then of course you're not going to want salvation. Yeah. You're going to be afraid of the very thing that is going to absolve you of sin. Oh, that's a heavy statement. Yeah, that makes sense. You need to. We need to do this at the beginning, somewhere in the early part of the training. Yeah, yeah. Who? Yeah, because they need to get this right away. Who would seek out such savage punishment? Who would not flee salvation and attempt every way he can drown the voice which offers it to him? Why would he try to listen and accept its offering? If sin is real, its offering is death, and meted out in cruel form to match the vicious wishes in which sin is born. If sin is real, salvation has become your bitter enemy, the curse of God upon you who have crucified his son. Yeah, that's the interesting. We want to be liberated, which is salvation. But if we believe sin is real, then salvation is an enemy to us. Yeah, because it's going to be pain, suffering, and death. (laughs) That's the ultimate penance for you being guilty. You know, yeah. and then and then we look at Jesus on the cross, and we think, oh well, you know, if I a, a good person ends up like that, so then we we kind of have that in the back of our mind. Well, well, my suffering is actually liberating me, or yeah. my suffering is making me more holy yeah. because Jesus was very holy, and that's what he had to go through. So that's what I have to go through. So then we identify salvation with this this crucifixion, you know, of ourself. You need the practice periods today. The exercises teach sin is not real and all that you believe must come from sin will never happen, for it has no cause. Accept atonement with an open mind which cherishes no lingering belief that you have made a devil of God's son. There is no sin. We practice with this thought as often as we can today because it is the basis for today's idea. Okay, there is no sin. God's will for you is perfect happiness because there is no sin, and suffering is causeless. Joy is just, and pain is but the sign you have misunderstood yourself. Okay, so the ego wants to think you're a sinner, 
And then the punishment, because you're guilty for being a sinner, is sickness, disease, death, things not working in your finances, relationships that are um, in turmoil. You know, that's the result of thinking sin is real. And it's it's kind of a living hell, isn't it? It says, fear not the will of God, but turn to it in confidence that it will set you free from all consequences sin has wrought. Yeah, well, the the will of God is your joy. The will of God is your innocence. The will of God is your happiness, perfect happiness. That's what this lesson says. God's will for me is perfect happiness. It's liberation from all the suffering that you think you deserve because you think you're a sinner. You know, that thing about God's will is interesting because, you know, I used to think God's will was suffering and... Uh, I, the first woman that ever interviewed me in TV in LA, I liked her a lot. She was really something. She told me, "Well, I've just surrendered. Now I've decided to surrender to the will of God." And right after that, she died, and she was young. Oh my goodness! I never told you this, but oh. I just thought of it now. She was. She must have had the will of God all wired backwards. Yeah. God's will for me is perfect happiness. There is no sin. It has no consequence. So should you start your practice period. It has no consequence. There is no sin and it has no consequence. Yeah. Well, that that's that's a perspective uh of the Holy Spirit and you have to be willing to, you know, clean up your mind in order to have that perspective. Mm. Uh, I mean, I don't know any place other than reading The Course in Miracles or being a student of The Course in Miracles where you're going to get that kind of a, of a miracle. Mm-hmm. It's undoing your mindset that has been conditioned by organized religion for probably lifetimes. Mm-hmm. So the stubbornness of the ego to give up the belief in sin is so strong that you would have to be a Course in Miracles student to get out of it. I think so. Yeah. So should you start your practice periods and then attempt again to find the joy these thoughts will introduce into your mind, give these five minutes gladly to remove the heavy load you lay upon yourself with the insane belief that sin is real. Today escape from madness. You are set on freedom's road, and now today's idea brings wings to speed you on and hope to go still further faster to the waiting goal of peace there is no sin remember this today and tell yourself as often as you can god's will for me is perfect happiness this is the truth because there is no sin this is the truth because there is no sin yeah yeah god's will for me is perfect happiness this is the truth because there is no sin so so like you can't like um have the belief in sin and you think sin is real and you think sin's a possibility for yourself or others and have happiness. They are mutually exclusive places in your mind. So if you want to believe in sin, you will never be happy. Yeah. You will never be happy. Well, and you know, people say, well, I, I wasn't taught sin in this life, but I read somewhere you have to process five lifetimes before because you're still at the effect of religion and yeah. maybe five lifetimes before this one. 
Well, I mean, you could say, well, I'm redeemed. I'm a redeemed sinner. Like a lot of people in the church say that. Oh, Jesus died to absolve me of my sins. Yeah. And I'm a redeemed sinner. You know, I had this kind of, not a debate, but a discussion when I worked in the Mother Teresa mission for three years. Uh, I was also studying the course. And I had this discussion about sin with one of the sisters. And I was saying, well, yeah, I'm studying this thing, Course in Miracles, and it says there is no sin, and sin is not real, and we're not sinners. And she says, oh, no, but we are. We are sinners. We are sinners. See, the the Catholic Church believes in original sin. Yeah, I know. You are born as sinner, right? All right, so then we went on and on, and I said, well, you know, it's it, it doesn't add up, um, you know, that we're an original sinner. We're originally created innocent by God. And she says, oh, no, we're originally sinful. But, but then when we surrender to Jesus, who died to absolve us of our sins, mm-hmm. we are redeemed sinners. Yeah. Okay, so that's mostly the position of organized and Christianity. They, is, how do they define a redeemed sinner? Well, that you can be joy because you've totally surrendered yourself to Jesus' salvation. Mm. He is the only Son of God who can save, save you. Yeah. And you never really see yourself as a Son of God. Um, you, you only can uh, be saved by... Jesus's mercy, you know, and to a certain degree, we need the teacher to wake us up. But what's the teacher going to wake us up to? The teacher is going to wake us up to our original innocence, not our original guilt. Mm -hmm. So yes, and in fact, you do need the teacher and you need to surrender to the teacher because they have greater wisdom. Mm -hmm. But once the teacher wakes you up, he's only going to show you that you have everything that he has and therefore you're just as innocent as he is Mm. so that's the different approach of the course it's it's um it's subtle in the beginning but then it's a major uh uh difference in the mindsets of of conventional christianity and the course in miracles approach to christianity yeah And I think this lesson makes it clear. Okay, thank you. Thank you.